Do you talk with your animals? Do you know what they are trying to tell you? I've been communicating with animals since I was four years old, and what I've consistently witnessed is our animals want to be part of our everyday conversations and our extraordinary storytellers. Let me help you listen more deeply, a listening from the heart that opens all the doors to communication. What we learn from the animals helps us understand ourselves in a new way. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tammy Soulspeak, and follow me on Facebook at Soulspeak with Tammy Hendricks. On this episode, we're going to talk about animals and forgiveness. Do animals hold on to anger and resentment from being mistreated, or are they able to move into forgiveness? And if so, how does that show up? I share a powerfully poignant story about a dog named Sasha, who was a regal and beautiful husky mix. Sasha came to me with a broken leg, her fair share of emotional baggage, and spent her life shielding her heart from humans. Her story will leave no doubt that animals also experience life choices that determine their spiritual growth just like humans. Let's get the conversation started. Hi everybody. I'm really looking forward to this show as I look forward to all of them. And I'm, I'm always amazed at how the information drops in like almost up until the last minute before um, the show goes on, I'm getting information. So I was super busy this morning and kept adding things and things kept coming in. So um, I'm hoping it, you will really um, enjoy the discussion that we're getting ready to have on such an interesting, interesting subject. This idea about forgiveness came to me um, quite some time ago uh, about animals and forgiveness as I've lived the life with my own animals. But I guess I wanted to start out by saying, um, you know, we all hear that animals are unconditional love. They're unconditionally loving. And that's true. That is absolutely true. So I'm wondering, how do they access that unconditional space, do you think, that we look to them as an example for? How do they carry that graceful capacity for unconditional love and often display it? Because I've watched it in all the different beings that have come through my life and are still in my life. And I realize that we have that same capacity as well and that that's what they're here to show us. Not that they have it and we don't. We do. We don't seem to be able to access it sometimes as easily as animals. And that's where it's one of their collective soul paths with humans. It's a very, very important one. It's a very, um, it's one we all need to get. And certainly now in life and in the world, it, this is definitely up for discussion, unconditional love, compassion um, in the face of, you know, unbearable suffering. So what I've learned with animals is they didn't come here to live separately from us. They came, came to experience alongside us. So the pain, the hurts, the joy, the life, everything. Um, so I'd ask you this question, any of you, from a spiritual level, if they are unconditionally loving and they're able to move through it more gracefully, does that mean they bypass things like forgiveness or other types of experiences or soul paths that we are working on. Um, it's a question to think about. I have a, there's somebody that um, 
wrote in yesterday on the page that I wanted to share with you because it was just like this great springboard for me. And so I think on the post, it was like, do animals forgive? And this person, and you know, the hold on to anger, resentment, this person responded and said, nope, they have unconditional love. And I find that they rarely want to talk about past abuse. Knowing they're safe and loved is very important. I, could, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I guess where I got to thinking about that statement is it's, it's in truth. It absolutely is a truth, but it's not from what I have seen a complete truth. And here's what I mean by that. Um, it's a looking into the whole picture versus a looking at. So I think it's easy for us to see an animal after they've come to us and we might surmise that they've had this experience or that. But I think the way I've lived with animals, I'm looking now at one time I thought, Oh my gosh, I've got, there's so much to do. There's so many animals. How did, you know, whatever uh, story I would be running at the time, what I realize now is I had this extreme unique privilege of living with animals alongside their lives, many, many different ones, many different personalities, um, all different backgrounds, all different traumas, all different interactions. And so, you know, when I tell you Sasha's story, if we were to connect with her, she may not go into details, but I lived it with her. And I think when we live it with a being, human or animal, that we have to honor that story and we have to honor what effects it had on the animal, um, what effects it had on us, because those are like the continuing part of the story. Now, you will hear me say time and time again, uh, animals want to be included in telling their story and our stories help us heal. That goes for humans and animals, absolutely. What is the beauty of the telling of the story is when I tell it to you, for instance, then you take it and listen and you are affected by that story. And so it may or may not ping different parts of you that resonate so that that healing energy from the story continues on. Um, I think the part where you will also hear me say, and it's going to sound like I'm contradictory, it's not, <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a, it's and, let's say it's not an either or, it's an and, is that Animals, when they tell their story, they're kind of like freed from it. It's when we keep them in their story and we keep telling it over and over again that it actually keeps them, I, I, you know, use the word stuck, but it keeps them from growing forward spiritually, growing forward personally like they, they could. I had somebody recently, I don't know, within the last couple of weeks, um, was telling me the story of her dog and how she was abused and how it just was horrible. She stopped right at the end of that, looked at me and she was like, you know, you're probably, every time I talk about this dog, I keep telling that story. I mean, it was like this light bulb went off in her, in her head. And she said, um, you know, I might need to quit telling that story about her. I think I've told it enough. And it was like, yes, it's important to tell it for us to tell it is important for the animal to allow them to tell it. And sometimes they're going to say it in behavior and, and things that we can see. We'll learn the story that way. Um, just like Claire, maybe that's how you've learned um, that she might've been kicked is through some of her behavior, but it's important that we allow them to move beyond it. And I think that applies for us as well. So anytime we're talking about that, it's also going to be about us too. Just know that hands down, we never are separate from whatever path they're 
they're on. Um, so, you know, when you look at your animal, if you're wondering what has happened to them um, and you don't feel like you can just get the download of words or, or whatever, um, just be very, very observant extremely observant and just be a, a good listener, a good watcher, because they're going to tell you the ways that they need to navigate their healing journey through their behavior, through how they interact with each other, through how they interact with us, through how they interact with life. And I know that speaking about behavior, here's the, here's the part I learned really deeply. And it, it's something I, I understand because of what I've experienced. So um, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm going down a different road. I'm not. So when I was, I want to say when I was in college, I would come back and forth to my home and visit with my mom. And so I would sit there and I remember sitting on the sofa with her and I would be wailing about somebody doing something or some behavior um, about somebody. And I remember her listening to me um, and she would say, okay, this is how they're acting. What's really going on? Because the behavior is just a symptom. And I remember going, what? But we did that. It's one of the greatest teachings. She, the gift she ever gave me um, is helping me see the truth underneath the behavior, the truth underneath the words, the truth underneath that's the real story. So the same holds true with animals. We see their behavior and we could judge it, for instance. Uh, they're not doing this or they're doing that. We need to fix them. We need to stop that. Um, but if you stop a minute and look at the behavior like, hmm, this may or may not include all the details that's, uh, you know, that I need to know. And even the details, even if we know the story, it's it's what's beyond that that is the value. It's the great teaching and how we get to understand animals on a much deeper level. You know, it's how that experience affects us in the way we live our lives. So it may affect animals. I mean, I'm thinking of all the, the myriad of ones that have come. You know, I've had animals with great self-worth issues, um, ones that struggle with friendship, ones that struggle uh, just with humans, and those would we we would say would be the effects of what they've lived before they've come to us, or even you know not to step out too far on a limb, but past lives, as um, I will share with you with Sasha. Um, so how we're affected by that event, who we are with that story now becomes part of our living history. It shows up in our behavior. It shows up in all kinds of ways that, you know, you don't have to term yourself an animal communicator um, or people communicator for that, that matter. We, you all are, you all are whether you, you know, and I know from this group and, and, and talking to you and working with, you have, you have a keen sense of observation and you're catching like the, the smallest details. So have you ever had an animal transition that you felt like guilt or remorse or regret? Um, and have you ever experienced situations where with animals you felt like you needed forgiveness for some perceived wrong that you've done? Um, I know I have. I know I have in, in several instances. Um, I remember I had a, a golden retriever named Tommy and he, he got very sick with a, a, a very progressive kind of mental issue and disease. I mean, he even ended up um, falling into the pool at one point because he was so disoriented. Um, 
But I remember when I finally went to the vet and, and, you know, the vet helped him release and I was there, I was seized afterwards with, oh my gosh, did I do it too soon? What did I do? Oh my, and then I even had a dream the day, uh, the morning after um, he passed where he was coming to the front door and um, he was coming in and I, you know, I, I worked on that dream dream for several days. Like I was certain that's meant that I, I let him go too soon and he was trying to come back. Um, it's funny. It's it's not not funny, but it's it's interesting how our our own stuff gets in the mix of what actually happened. And at the time when he passed, I felt and knew it was the right thing to do. But it was that after effect that kicked in that that got me. And I know maybe some of you have had experiences like that. Um, so what I'd like to do with you is tell you a special story. But before I do, Renee, if you could put up Sasha's, I did a little collage. I went into the photo archive and pulled up Sasha's, many Sasha's. And I'd like to see um, what you think and feel from seeing her. All right, intuitives, let's pull it together. Tell me what you see in some of these photos, words, phrases, anything. She was a, a, a husky, mainly border collie mix. And I wrote a little bit about her in the post while you're looking. Um, <clears throat> she came to me with a broken leg. Um, and I want to say she was about one, one and a half when she came. And I, I took her in. I, 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 somebody reached out to me. I, I didn't stumble on her myself. So tell me what you think. Tell me what you see in some of these photos. What I picked up, I was like, whoa, is that what I think I'm seeing around there? Um, Leslie, an old soul. Claire, very knowing in life and what was around her. Absolutely. Happy. She is smiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cat, intense laughter. Oh, fierce, loving. Susie, cautious. Difficult to trust people. Susie, attentive, protective, on guard, a little guarded. Yeah. 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 You, you all are, are nailing Sasha. Deanna wants to be seen yet doesn't trust it moving forward. Anybody see any orbs? I, you know, it's funny. All these ones that I found were in the snow, but I feel like Sasha was guiding me as she was guiding me this morning to keep adding um, like you hadn't completed the story, you tell the whole story. I'm like, fine. Um, Terry, wisdom. Yes. Yeah. Um, Susie Wright, top right picture orbs. Yep. Seems like there's some more. I don't know if it's that one um, in the middle at the bottom. I don't think that's her tail. There was one other in here that was orb related. And every time I would take fixtures, a lot of times she would have orbs around it. Yes, in the corner, bottom, middle. Yep, yep, yep. Susie, hang on a minute. Susie says, what are orbs for animals? They're spirit guides. Absolutely, they're guides and they're, um, they're beings uh, that will, you know, show themselves uh, in especially, mm, Sasha was so kind of ethereal that the orbs would show up a lot. So yes, definitely loving, uh, supportive, uh, showing her connection to the other side. Um, she was an incredible dog. And like I said, she came to me, somebody called me, this dog needed help. Um, I had the space. I had, it, it, it just was the right thing to do for me to step forward. Your guide. Oh, 
Julie, you have no idea. <laughs> Definitely my guide and our guides, actually. I would never be telling this story if Sasha had not like nudged and pushed and, and it's time. I kept hearing it's time. I'm like, okay, it's time. Um, so <clears throat> she was very independent. The vet, when he looked at her leg, thought that she had, um, that a human had had broken her leg. So to say she was not trusting was an understatement. Um, she was also extremely opinionated. Sasha had opinions. Even from day one, she had opinions. So she got casted with her leg. It was her, I want to say it was her right front leg. Um, she proceeded, I had her in, well, without going into much detail, have a day play barn. And from that, they can go out and there are runs. And anyway, so she would use her cast as a shovel to dig under the fence to go into the bigger part. So that was my introduction to Sasha, that she wasn't, here's the deal, she wasn't to be contained. It, 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 being trapped, contained, confined, and she wasn't even confined. She had a pretty big space, but to her it was confined. And so she couldn't be trapped was her thing. So she used that to dig out. Um, she was very, like she took ownership of the whole space. There were other animals in there, some that came back and forth to the house. There were other animals in that area and she was a talker and she would talk to all of them and she would tell them straight up, I'm the queen. I'm the one here. This is how it goes. You kind of have to pass through me, even though she couldn't necessarily get to, to, you know, every one of them um, at all. She had her own area. The only friend she ever had was um, a collie named Eddie that came and she was only friends with him because she was pretty much a loner. She was pretty much on her own. She had her own world. And if Sasha allowed you to do something, that was one thing you couldn't just like, brusher for instance or you couldn't I had a um I tried to groom her one time the groomer called me and said please come get her because can't like she is having none of this so you know she just I I had to respect who she was and who she uh showed up as and whatever her personal <clears throat> life had been before me she would talk next door so I had a mother pit bull and her son Opie come after Sasha and the puppy, Opie's still here. Um, he's a little basset pit. He's, you know, just Opie, if you can picture an Opie. Um, his mother was Megan, and so somebody must have let them out. So at any rate, that's a whole story I will tell you about of how she came to me and how I worked through that process, because it, it's an interesting one. So at any rate, Megan and Opie came, and Sasha, it's like they knew each other from the beginning. They were in side-by-side -side runs and they had totally different, bigger areas to go out in. But there was something I would learn later, karmic between the two of them. They knew each other. They recognized each other. And I totally agree, Susie Wright. She says shapeshifter, 100%. Um, so she and Megan would like have little fence talks with each other and it didn't escalate into anything. They couldn't get to each other, but you know, Sasha would like tell her off and then walk off, you know, and her tail held high and she'd puff up her big Husky hair. And then, you know, I, I heard one time when Megan and Opie were out and Sasha was out and she was looking at him, you know, I heard uh, Sasha said, well, if you let me have your boy, I'll teach him how to really be. So, you get the drift of the, the, you know, the, the kind of energy between the two of them. Um, 
And so over the years, um, you know, Sasha had Eddie as a friend that was, and she, you know, basically told everybody she was the queen of the area. And then I remember one time she decided she was going to go on a lark, dug under the bigger fence and literally called um, Alfie, who was a, um, a beagle, really sweet beagle, but he was super adventurous. And she was like, Hey, you want to come with me? We're going to have some fun. So she takes him, she goes on a lark and I have a neighbor who calls and says, Hey, I think I've got your two dogs. And I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that can't be right. Like I was like, dogs don't get out of my property. Um, so she, uh, they showed up and sure enough, it was Sasha in the back of a pickup and there was, um, Alfie, um, muddy. They had the time of their lives. And so I brought him back to the barn. I put Alfie up and Sasha was like, so unappropriate apologetic she was like I had the best time ever so if that gives you any idea of like how strong-willed and how it, it was it was just her way and that you know that may be part of the the husky border college extremely bright just so smart so if I fast forward many years Sasha developed diabetes and I would have to she dropped a lot of weight you know, had diabetes, I would have to give her shots. And even that was a negotiation. I, I couldn't just give her a shot. She wasn't, you know, it would have to be, Sasha, can I give the shot to you? And she would think about it a minute and then she would allow me that this, this went on for, I want to say she had it a couple of years, but her, you know, her body was not at seven or eight years old, the, the, the powerful Husky that she came to me as, but nonetheless, um, you know, her, her attitude kind of, I wouldn't say dimmed, but her attitude kind of um, got quieter over time until one winter. It was actually, it was around Christmas. It was December 26th. So right after Christmas day. And we had this like 12 inch snow in, in North Carolina. It was like, whoa. Um, Sasha that day was the proudest, the happiest. She was in her element. I'd never seen her so energetic. She was prancing around. She was so happy that day. And I just remember feeling so good that I was seeing that in her. Well, that evening I went and gathered the ones that came to the house. Opie out with, you know, Opie got away from Megan. <clears throat> Mom had a minute. Son comes in with me. Um, and I think um, at that point it was just Megan and Sasha up the barn. I always went back up to tuck everybody in and tell them good night and whoever was left. Well, I went back up after, you know, dinner and stuff and I couldn't find either one of them. I'm like, that's really weird. They're always, they're ready for treats. Where are they? So I look out, you know, I don't see it's dark. I turn on the outside barn lights and I, I can't find Sasha anywhere in her area. So I opened up the back door to the barn and I look out down the hill and I see Megan. Only I see Megan standing over Sasha, who's laying on the ground. It's really dark. I can see red around where Sasha is laying. And all I did was close the, because I, in that minute, I knew I had to get help. So I ran back to the house. And you know, when you're in trauma or not trauma, when you're in a situation, even, it's like you're running in slow motion. That's how I felt. I ran in slow motion back to the house, opened the door, screamed for help, ran back up. And of course I have, you know, help coming and family's coming. And I look again and Sasha's, I mean, Megan is still standing, watching intently Sasha. So I knew I had to get her away from her to figure out what had happened. And I can't remember exactly how I did, but I did finally 
distract her enough. She looked like make sure Slasher wasn't going to move. And then she came to me and I ended up putting her in her stall, locking her up. And then we went back to take care of Sasha, who was barely alive. And they had gotten in a terrible fight. And we picked Sasha up and I had, we used to be in furniture. So I have furniture pads, by the way, they're the best things ever. Um, so we put her on a furniture pad and she was barely, barely, barely alive. And this is a poignant part of the story too. Um, I looked out and my youngest son was out there with a shovel. He was busy shoveling snow on top of all the blood. So I wouldn't have to see that. So back to in the barn. So I'm sitting with her and she's struggling to breathe and I'm in shock, but it's, it's, it's what's happening. I have to face it. She took one breath and she struggled to take another. And on that third breath, she left her body. And here's what happened in that third breath and that release the sweetest, most vulnerable being emerged. One I had not seen in all of her life with me. Her heart opened, her spirit released from her body, and she was free. But had that not happened, I wouldn't, and, you know, I was so privileged to be there when it happened that I wouldn't have been able to realize how incredibly sensitive actually and sweet she was and how protected she must have felt that she had to protect her heart from everybody. And, you know, in that moment, I felt a oneness with her that I had not felt the whole time I knew her. I hung on to that story. There's more to the story, especially my response later, my reaction later. Later, I hung on to that story for a while. And it really rocked my world in a very, very big way. And it was a story of blame. It was a story of it was my fault. It was a story of how could this have happened? How could, how could I have not protected everybody? I went down. I went down, down. Um, and then this came to me later. It's, it's, an, it's really what helped me get through it that I'd really love to share with you in the time we have today. Um, it's an exercise that came because I was rock bottom grieving for months. Um, I had all kinds of emotions about it. I had anger. I had... I had um, terrible self-blame um, and didn't know how to get out of it until one day it dawned on me I need to hear from Sasha and I can't get through to Sasha because I was you know I was I was a mess I was so bad so I actually had this exercise that I want to share with you right now this exercise took me through to that and what I want to say is this exercise um, I'm going to give you steps and I'm going to walk you through the steps. I'd love for you to, you know, this is yours to keep. I'm giving you a gift of what helped me. And it, it, the beauty of this particular exercise, and I work with clients every day through with this and exercise like this is, you know, this is not just for animals who've passed this exercise. It can be with 
animal still here. It can be with people. You know, it's for sorting through anything that you don't understand that you need to go directly to the source for. Um, and that's what I needed with Sasha. I needed to go directly to that source. You know, it it helps me understand myself better and it helped me understand her better. But also another thing is this can be used with children. Let's say they come home and there's a bully that they're talking about. about this is a good exercise to use. So with that said... This is what I did, and I will tell you, I'll read a little bit, um, and and just know we're not going to be able to get through this on the show because I think um, five and six will take you a little bit, a hot minute to go through if you're really doing it, but I want to give you like the, the condensed version. Um, so in my case, naming the animal, you know, who do you want to connect with? Well, I want to connect with Sasha, the Husky Border Collie Mix. Why am I saying her breed? Because there's a lot of beings and spirits out there. You want to make sure you're identifying the one you want to. So however you want to identify, you know, there may have been a bunch of Sasha's that would have lined up. I needed to talk to my Sasha. Um, so number, so if you got that, um, and, and I didn't tell you ahead of time to bring pen and paper, but at this point, maybe in the shows, every time you come, you come with Kleenex and you come with pen and paper. Um, so number two, after you've named the animal, describe the animal or person, like I said, it works for both, in five or more picture words, strong adjectives, ones that paint a mental picture of who you think that being is. This is the foundation of your story. <clears throat> so for me, for instance, with Sasha, I'm going to name a few when I was going through this. I had to look up in my journals. Strong, independent, opinionated, willful, haughty, self-serving, brilliant, inconsiderate, bully, aloof, wild, untamed. So I came to that with those picture words. Um, mysterious, that kind of thing. So if you do that, and then the next thing you would do in number three is list five or more feeling words, emotional descriptions, list your own feelings about the animal or event. What internal reaction are you having? What's your emotional response captured in words? These words reveal what's underneath and they're the fire of the story. The fire is the, uh, it's the movement piece of the story. So for me, I picked up, I had more in my journal, but I just picked this up to share with you as an example, horror, grief, self-blame, anguish, fear that it could happen again. Um, anger, betrayal. I felt so betrayed. Deep sadness, failure. You see how, you know, all these words really relate to, uh, you know, uh, very much self-judgment and very much where I went with this. So, it, you know, anything goes here. It doesn't matter. You just let it rip, whatever you feel. Number four. Now, open your heart space and invite your animal or person in. I close my eyes and I go into my heart space to so open and ask for that animal to be there. So once I had emptied out with the feeling and the picture words, I was ready to talk to Sasha. I was ready to listen. So, you know, whether you see or feel them, let them present whatever way they come. The form that they come is not important. Just know that the invitation um, at the invitation is what brings them. 
your heart invitation. That's all. It's an energy. Number five. Here's where the number five and six might take a hot minute, but I did want to share it because it's, it's, it's the big deal. State their name and complete this sentence. What I, you know, in my case, Sasha, what I need you to know is let the words flow. Let the story come through. Say whatever you want. Don't edit. Don't edit. Don't even make sense. Doesn't matter. This is a time to share what you think and feel and let it come up from your emotional world, your emotional inner world. This is very personal. It's very intimate. And it is between you and your animal or person. So here's basically if any of you are jotting any of this down, I'll, you know, here, here's me after I, Sasha, what I need you to know is Sasha, what I want and need you to know is I'm devastated about what happened. I feel completely responsible. I never wanted you to die this way. I don't understand how this happened and why you would have dug under the fence to taunt Megan, taunt Megan. You were weakened by your illness and older. What were you thinking? Obviously you were thinking about yourself. I'm so angry at you for causing such tragedy and turmoil. Your actions hurt people and animals. I've lost faith in myself and my ability to keep this as a peaceful sanctuary. I will always be left with such a terrible ending, a terrible memory of you. I tried so hard to give you sanctuary in a loving home. I loved you completely and never held back. This would turn out, I put in parentheses, this would turn out to be a statement I looked at much deeper later. I discovered I had indeed held my heart back at times, the very thing I accused her of doing. So you see, this one, this one can be really, um, it, can, it can take a while and it can also come in spurts where you're doing this exercise and then you go vacuum and then more comes. That's what happens to me all the time. You just have to follow it. Just, just if it jumps in, just go and write it down. Um, so after you do that, then you do this, number six. Ask this question, Sasha, what do you want me to know about what happened that day? And I use that because what I'm saying is go back to what you wrote in three and four. Use those words as a springboard to get started with both five and six. Um, I asked her, is there anything you can tell me about you about that day that I need to know and understand? In this one, you can always also ask direct questions like I did. I would ask questions and write down whatever comes. This will turn out to be a back and forth exchange or could. What comes may be a surprise as it did to me. It, I, 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 I was just stunned at what came. But I was ready for it. I wasn't wanting to hear my own story again. I had told my own story round and round in circles and circles about how it was awful and I mean, there, this went on for months, so this didn't occur just after. You know, my, this exercise had to go through several months of my own identity with the process, and I was certain, I was completely certain that this was going on my permanent annual record. <laughs> I just was like, I can't, it was hopeless, I can't get beyond this. So if nothing comes, don't be discouraged. You know, like I said, you may do this later, and it pops in when you're vacuuming or grocery shopping, you know, it, it comes when we're not thinking about it. But if you truly want to know and you open your mind to it, information will come, I promise you. It, 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 and it doesn't matter if the being is alive, past. It's just whatever you need to sort out. That's the beauty, I think, you know, when you're really ready to listen. So question, 
Sasha, what do you need me, you know, to know about the day you died? What did you, why did you do what you did? This is what she said. <clears throat> I've known Megan before. That day I felt the best I ever had. It was cold and the snow invigorated me. I felt alive. I hadn't felt alive in so long. I couldn't feel any weakness in my body. I felt huge and it felt strong and powerful. Megan thought she was the one in charge. I had to show her it was me. I enjoyed my day and waited until everyone was out except the two of us. She knew I was coming. I had told her earlier in the day. This was between us, no one else. When the moon was high, it was dark. I howled and came for her. Her strength and speed surprised me. She was swift on her feet. I underestimated her and she took me down fast. And then as I'm like, oh my gosh, um, I didn't even know what to say to that because she was telling me that she chose and I didn't know animals chose until then. And so I was like, whoa. And then she continued, but I was a warrior and faced her head on. I went out as I had chosen. I went out as a warrior. I remember staring at the words, not believing what I'd heard. So she was saying her death was deliberate, provoked by a feud or provoked by karma, a power struggle. Um, that was another thing. You know, not only did she tell me that she chose how to go, but that she had karma with this animal that had to be cleared. <clears throat> so I'm like, did you realize what your actions caused, what you left behind? You know, what a tragic mess. What about hurting others? If you had to go because your body was sick, I understand and would never have stood in your way. But I strongly object to how you did it. You hurt me terribly. Again, notice the focus is on me. Um, her reply is, sorry to upset you. I didn't mean for you or anyone else to be involved. Didn't think of that. Sorry, not your fault. I chose this. I see trail I left behind. But I now see this was important for my own soul path. It made me feel alive to feel again. Up until that day, I hadn't been able to feel in my heart. Here's the other thing she said. And I would do it all again. My spirit released all the hurt and pain those last few breaths. I'm free now. Okay, so another stunning part is, you know, as clear in life as she was in death acknowledging the trauma she left, but apparently clear about the choice she had made. And that was Sasha all the way, being who she was and open without apology. Here's the piece that I think was very helpful for me. Not all of it was helpful, but her words and her perspective allowed me to see something I had never, ever considered. That animals choose their way out. They have choice. Even if they're going to the vet, it's still part of a soul path choice. Or that they have karma. It didn't ease my loss, but it did help me understand on a deeper level. And it did relieve some of the responsibility that I felt. I have a part two because I had more conversations with her because my journey wasn't completely over then. Um, it was less easy for me to release myself until I got through all of it. Um, so, you know, when you ask that question, just know that it can come quickly. It can come in blurbs. It, it, there's no formula here. I'm not a formulaic person. I'm giving you steps, but those steps are so organic. And the last one, number seven is 
thank your animal or person for coming forward to share their perspective of the situation and know that this is an exercise you can do over and over with all kinds of situations because what you're doing is you're communicating in a way that'll it's a safe space to be heard um you know heart communication breaks down barriers and opens us up to uh really the free expression of ourselves so thank you thank you to all of you for coming um i always enjoy our time together and all your wonderful comments and um Please let me know how the exercise goes if you try it. I'd I'd love to hear some feedback from you and we can always, you know, take it a step further and do it some more. And in the meantime, let me hear from you. I'd love to. Let's keep the conversation going. See you next time. You've been listening to Tammy Soul Speak for Animals podcast. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tammy Soul Speak for Animals, and like my Facebook page, Soul Speak with Tammy Hendricks. And if you want a private session, please visit my website at TammyHendricks.com. Thank you for joining me as we change the way we communicate with animals and each other, one conversation at a time.